I prefer really not to not to speak. If I speak, I am in in big trouble. In big trouble, and I don't want to be in big trouble. So, so you know, let's let's not take a piss here. I, I certainly wasn't. Well, I think you were, but there you are. I wasn't. Hey, Adrian! Like Rocky. Only with uh, 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 with sex masochism, then it is uh, allowed. Hello and welcome back to the Three Points Podcast. We uh, haven't done a podcast since before Christmas, so we're back. We're happy to be back. Jimmy, happy to be back. I'm so excited. Good. Joe, good Christmas. It's all right, mate. It's all right. Yeah. Ollie, how uh, how was your Christmas, mate? Oh, it was very good, and I'm enjoying a lovely little dry January now. Is it lovely? Yeah, it's great. Good. Okay, that's fine. Well, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Everyone's had a good Christmas, so that's fine. Let's get right back into it then. Um, so where we're at at the moment, everybody, we're on game week 22, 23 now. We're over halfway through the season. We've obviously gone through the busy Christmas period. Ollie, Manchester United, bit of a mid-season review. How do you think the season's gone so far? Um, I'm actually kind of quietly not happy with it, but more optimistic than most United fans on Twitter might have everyone believe it's been a bit stop and start but obviously been some good results in the big games it's been quite nice watching a young team develop and learn how to gel together Rashford's been a massive um, yeah Rashford's been massive to watch this season seeing Greenwood develop James McTominay Williams Wanda so it does feel like for the first time in a while that we've got like a core of players that we can build a team around and actually look to in the future as being important players. And how there are a few points that you touched upon there. How do you, what do you think this means then in terms of the rest of the season? What's the goal now for the rest of this season? Um, well, I, I, I don't think we're going to make top four. I don't think we've got the consistency or the playing squad to do that. Um, but winning the Europa League has got to be the goal getting the Champions League because it just makes summer signings a lot easier so we're getting linked with I know we'll go on to this in a bit but we're getting linked with Van der Beek a lot at the moment we're not really going to have to chat those type of players unless we qualify for the Champions League so I think the goal has got to be win the Europa League and try and get a bit of consistency in the Premier League Okay so to finish off that point if you were to give United a grade so far this season anywhere between A star and U what are you giving them? All right, interesting. That's fine. Okay, Jim, on to you. City, how's uh, what's your mid-season review saying? Um, I'm sort of like it's this this point of the season. Um, I am enjoying a lot more than last season in like certain ways. And um, there's a lot, you know, like the title race was just ridiculously stressful last year. Um, and obviously, like there has been, there have been moments where City have have crumbled at certain points of the season, like losing, I think it's five games now. Um, there's been big defensive weaknesses. There have been moments where, you know, sort of a lot of fans go into, and like pundits and critics go into crisis mode um, after those losses. But there are still positives at, at this point in the season. Like we've got most, the most goals, which, you know, obviously if you're not top, still doesn't matter, but, um, there have been some great individual performances this year as well, like Kevin De Bruyne. Obviously, he's like arguably the best player in the league at the moment, alongside Mane, maybe. 
Yeah. See your face going there, mate. And the other Marcus ten. Rush, Marcus Rushford. Oh, here he is. Shut up. Elite forward. <laughs> Elite world-class forward. Yeah, he is good. Um, but yeah, no, I like... I think it's unforgivable for fans to be like actually properly disappointed like this year. Like We've had back-to-back leagues. Still in the Champions League. We're still in the FA Cup. Still in um, the Carabao. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the next leg. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty content. What's your mid-season grade? I'd go with, just because of the standards of the last two seasons, B minus. B minus, okay. Just just above Oli. Just above Oli. I'm guessing we don't really need to ask Will, but how are you feeling about Liverpool? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, yeah, it's been it, it's it's funny because you go into seasons and if, for me, I'm always a bit of a... I'm always quite negative in the sense that my first thought is just make sure we get top four, which is ridiculous based on what we did last season. But I always go in with that very cautious view of it. But I don't think anyone could have seen this season going the way that it has. And it just feels like everything for Liverpool, not just in in terms of the Premier League, everything's gone right. So in the Carabao Cup, obviously we were battered by Villa um, in that quarterfinal. But even, you know, we played all the kids against Arsenal and drew 5-5 and beat them on penalties, played Everton in the FA Cup. You know, a kid scores a wonder goal to beat them. It just, every single thing this season has fallen into place, and obviously we've progressed in the Champions League. So it's just been beyond anything you would ever expect and and or anything you could reasonably expect. So absolutely an A-star. Brilliant. Yeah, the VAR's gone pretty well for you as well. That's well, kind of falling into place now, so. Well, tainted title in it, as uh, you know, obviously. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right, let's move on. So, Ollie, coming back to you, mate. You you touched on Van der Beek before. What else do you think Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, football genius, might be looking to do in the January transfer window? I don't think there's a rush by United to sign anyone this January. I think they've learned from the mistakes of what happened with Sanchez. I think. The- Club's kind of permanently scarred by what happened with that transfer. Um, so I think the January transfer window in general now for teams is if you can get a good loan, that's kind of the way to go. You don't really want to commit to a panic signing, um, unless you're somewhere like Aston Villa where they have to go and sign a striker. But unless we can sign one of the long-term targets who we'll be going for in the summer. So, like I said, Van der Peek's been muted. Um, Grealish has been mentioned. Madison. Bruno Fernandes, unless we can get one of them for a price that we, you know, deem, um, get, yeah, a price that we deem is okay, we're not going to really be panic signing this January. So I'd be happy to see us just continue to give Matt some more games, use some more of the kids, um, and not rush to sign anyone who might not fit into the long term plan of what he's trying to build. Do you think he'll get the chance to build that plan? Um, yes, yeah, so I think he's already survived about 10 million crisis this season. I mean, if he was ever going to get sacked after that City game last week, that was the time to do it. Um, so I think the board are willing to stick with him, and they are aware that they're probably most culpable for the problems we've had this season. And if we did, if we brought in two or three more players in the summer like Solskjaer wanted, I think we would have seen a bit more of a competitive game last week, given the injuries we had. And... The problems with other breaking teams down, it was clear that we needed at least a deep flying playmaker or a more advanced kind of number 10. And the board didn't deliver that for him. So I think that they're aware that 
Bear just as at fault for the issues at the moment this season from Solskjaer's coaching. Because in every other metric, in terms of like chances created, that's gone up. Chances conceded, that's gone down. Um, and general playing style, when it is looking good, it's really, really good. Obviously, there's instances like Watford away, Arsenal away, City in the Cup, where it looks like David Moyes era, Van Hart era United. But it's like, I think he said it's like three steps forward, one step back, and I'm quite happy with that at the moment. Fair enough. Well, th- there's a few points that you mentioned there, which we'll come on to later in the show when we preview um, the Liverpool United game at the weekend. But Jim, I'll come on to you next. Transfers. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, so similar to Ollie in the respect that I don't think we will have any you know, huge business this uh, January. Um, there might be a surprise, who knows, but it's a lot harder to make transfers at this point in the season. One, because it's, it is just a tricky time to, you know, um, sort of take someone from a team like an important player from a team at this point and also um, yeah I just I just think it's it can dist- like it's a bit risky bringing a player in at this point of the season when you know it can they can be unsure of like how much game time they're actually going to get and how big of a part of the team they're going to be but I think it's sort of like the play the players we do the main position we need is the centre-back option I think Um I mean, there's rumours at the moment about John Stones potentially going to Arsenal, join Arteta, but I'm not sure how far that goes. He'd be well Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, it's, I just think that would be a ridiculous person to get rid of. I think Otamendi is probably the first one we need to, um, that will sort of move. Um, I think Fernandinho is going to get a contract extension, hopefully this, this January, uh, one year or something. I think Eric Garcia needs more game time. I think the main thing is like Laporte's coming back, and when he got injured, there was all the talk of um, we've not made the company um, replacement and stuff. But I think he was the company replacement. It's just we weren't expecting his long-term injury. Um, so I doubt we're going to rush into spending you know hundred mil on Koulibaly or Diaz or someone like that. Um, but yeah, I think for this summer. I think that's probably the position we do need to, you know, learn from our mistakes and invest in heavily. I, th- I think that's absolutely right. I think the league has been really unusual this year, taking a title. Yeah. Um, but I think the 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 sort of holes that City need to plug are. It's not necessarily reactive things. It's more things that have sort of would need to have been plugged regardless of what City were doing in the league this year. And City have such a great opportunity to... I think City will probably win the, the, the two domestic trophies again. And they've got a great opportunity to win the Champions League as well. I don't think there's any need for them to go out and mm. panic by. No, not at all. Um, I, like, I, I think summer is, is when we're going to potentially buy three or four, you know, five players. Um, but then I think it's sort of like... We're in a transitional phase with like the spine of the team as well. Um, I feel like you know we've got David Silva. I think he he is leaving after this season. Aguero, I think will leave after the next season. So that's Fernandinho. two. Fernandinho potentially one more season, but yeah, um, a lot of people are saying Foden is the direct replacement for David Silva. But I still think we'll invest a bit in that midfield. I don't know if it will be a superstar. I think we need to bring in someone else. 
for ro- simply like rotation and I just I, Foden isn't a David Silver level yet. Ollie, what, isn't. what are your thoughts, Ollie, on City? Um, yeah, I agree with Jim. There's no need to panic sign now. Um, the title's gone, and the kind of rebuild that they need to do is they're replacing massive players who have been there for years, and it's not something you do in the January transfer window. Um, it's something you do carefully over the summer. I'm sure they've already got the targets in mind, given how far. Um, Guardiola and the team behind him plan ahead. Um, I remember reading something about Rodri where it was after the Spurs game in his first season where they first put him on the shortlist for wanting to sign a long-term Fernandinho replacement. So they, they're not going to panic sign this January. And similar to United, if a player becomes available at the price they think they would also get him for in the summer, then I'm sure they'll go for him. But that's always unlikely in January. So there's no point to panic. And I mean, they're going to have players coming back from injury soon as well. So that will... Uh, be like a new signing to them um, it'd be interesting to see if they do get that sort of replacement um, I'm not sure if Foden's going to be ready you think he'd be playing more than he actually currently is doing if Guardiola was planning to have him to replace such a massive player for the club yeah I, I do, I do agree what's linking City to Grealish as well so it'll be interesting to see if that becomes another signing where United and City are competing for a player yeah, I've seen a lot of Grealish rumours. Like, I honestly think Madison would probably be more suited to our midfield. Um, I actually, I think Grealish would be more suited to yours. But yeah, we'll have to see where they go. Can't really see either of them coming. Uh, to City, I mean, more Grealish, likely. Should be, Grealish would be the first player we've probably ever signed that actually is comfortable with a football at his feet. So we're very surprised if we do actually pull that transfer off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, Will, is there anything any any big changes that you think might be needed, you know, to retain the title next year? Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, if you do win the title. I know. Don't put that sort of pressure on us, mate. <laughs> um, I think, the, the, obviously, we've signed Minamino, um, which comes across to me, and I think he will go on to have a better career than Sh- than Shakiri's had over the last 18 months or so. Um, but to me, that, that just, he was so cheap at seven and a half million and we've played against him and he played really well in those games that it he just it feels like a a real opportunist kind of moment as a signing as opposed to somebody who they've had their eye on for years and years and years. Um and I think that'll just help in terms of the depth a little bit, but I don't see them doing any other business. I think the Liverpool, similar to City, have more and they're not problems, but they have more systemic and strategic transfers that I think they'll look to do in the summer, um, as opposed to reactive stuff in the sense that I think that you look at the current City squad and it's a squad that collectively probably peaked 18 months ago. Liverpool are at that point where they're peaking now and you've got a number of players who, over the next year, 18 months are going to end up in that David Silva, Fernandinho, Aguero, still super effective players, but in that sort of category where they're getting close to, if not into their 30s. Um, So I think players like Lovren and Lallana will probably move on, and it's a case of just bringing in younger players to to replace them. Um, And those don't have to be players who are 21, 22, but bringing in lads who are 
24-25 I think will be important to just making sure that it is sustainable and there are young guys coming through um, but the squad is the squad is super healthy and, and Jurgen Klopp has by not signing anyone last summer he's shown so much faith in them but I think he has in not signing anybody last summer he has decided I've got a group of players here who are going to peak and I think he's just decided to stick with it and go for it um, weakness there is in the squad is if Trent Alexander-Arnold gets injured or a suspension you've got no equivalent because he's so important to how you create chances in that team like he's the main creative outlet Gomez is nowhere near the same kind of profile of a backup player like you need someone who can similarly create and do no one's going to be able to put balls in like Trent Alexander-Arnold does but a full back in the same mould as him who can fill in yeah I think that there's definitely room for um squad players in the sense that like we don't have a left back either so uh, you know a right back who can do similar stuff to Alexander Arnold someone who can give similar output to Andy Robertson um and I think that's you know for me in terms of the starting 11 when you look at Liverpool who are, you know if you're going to if you're going to sign 100 million on a player then who are you, who are you dropping out because at the moment none of them are droppable but it is those backup players who you know, you you can't be asking Andy Robertson to play sixty football games a season because it's just it's you know especially for the running that a player like he does, it's just unrealistic. And so they do need to have other options. And you look at City, who you know have got Cancelo at right back, who's able to fit in and and do a very similar job to Walker to a similar high standard. And Liverpool just don't have that, especially at fullback. I think they've got it at centre back now, where. Joel Matip was absolutely fantastic earlier this season. Joe Gomez has come in and been even better. Um, but I think we are lacking that at fullback and up top as well. So we'll have to wait and see what the, you know, especially when it comes to the, the front three, I think that's where Liverpool could and probably should make a big move in the summer. But it'll be interesting to see what they do because I don't, I don't see the point in them signing Sancho for 110 million. And then him just sat on the bench. I mean, it's just you know, there's no there's no logic in that. So it, it is difficult to get to that point where other teams like City have been at for years, where they can attract players. Like uh, I know he's been getting more game time recently, but you look at Mares and say to him, "We're going to sign you for loads of money, and you'll start half of our." league games something like that yeah and, and Liverpool need to get to that stage where they can have quality like that on the bench yeah fair. I feel like um, yeah it's about like adapting to the system as well um, What? sorry what's the new player you've bought Minamino Minamino um, yeah I feel like he is the type of player which will adapt quite quick to your system like, yeah he'll drop he, into it so quickly that yeah. first game he had he literally he looked like he was like an absolute threat at all times um, but yeah I think there's one one player which is quite an interesting one for like I think all our teams is a Traore I think I just feel like um, after this season I feel like uh, yeah I, th I think United and City especially will be going in for him yeah he fits the mould of what Solskjaer wants exactly Great in our team, like him and Daniel James as two right wing options would be very ideal for us. Daniel James won't be seeing the pitch, mate, if he's at your team. 
It'll be, it'll be, it'll be no limbs all over Carrington. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on, Ollie. Let's talk about the game at the weekend. Are you feeling confident? Um, confidence is not the word, but I don't feel as anxious about it as the predictions for it would make you believe. People think it's just, we could literally just repost the chat from the podcast we did, the preview, the first one, I think, because. I think I said in that one, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people are saying it will be, and it'll probably be quite a close game, and I think that might be the case again this Sunday. What do you think? What do I think? It's it's a tough one to call, because United are so... Um, oh, what's the word? <laughs> Shit. Um, unpredictable, in terms of the games. You know, you look, for example, the, the, the case in point is playing City away, and getting the win there. Um, I think the only thing you can really predict at the moment is Liverpool to comfortably win because that's what you've literally been doing for the whole season. Yeah, it's um, it's the thing that you'd predict, but you wouldn't be super surprised if United find a way to make it really awkward or get a result. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can say yeah, you should be expecting you to win because that's what you've been doing all season, but we mustn't forget that the team that you dropped points again against was us as well, so we're the only ones who found a way of at least making you really struggle and have to work for the win. I mean, we've got injuries around this time, but I think if we can get... I'm not sure if we're going to have enough centre-backs to play three at the back this time, but I think that's pretty essential because that was the system that let us basically neutralise Robertson and Arnold, Arnold until like the final 20 minutes of the game. <clears> so potentially we might see Wan-Bissaka have to move into a three at the back as a right centre-back, and then Dallow coming at right wing-back. Um, but I think it's pretty central we play that system again it's, it's clearly the only way I think Napoli played the same formation and they caused you they caused you issues and beating you with it as well so it's clearly the most effective way to exploit your weaknesses one getting in behind Arnold Robinson two stopping them from advancing forward and dictating creating chances No I agree completely I remember in that game at Old Trafford every time Trent got the ball because as you say he had a he had a wing back on him he never got that far forward with the ball so he was crossing the ball from really deep positions which unless you've got Crouchy up top it's not giving you much um, yeah and you've also got Harry Maguire who that's yeah. that's he's going <laughs> to slamming them out of the box <laughs> he's going to get his massive head on everything Jim what do you think what about this weekend about this weekend about the game Exactly what I said before, mate. I just, I've, I've, every week, you know, when you've got a bit of a tricky game, like the Leicester game, when, like, I feel, I feel like this season it's Leicester, Man City, and um, United, which can sort of take something from you. Potentially, one of the lower teams like Wolves, but just every time there is a game like that, I sort of get my hopes up a little bit, and it's, it's you know, not worth hoping for. Um, I, think, I think the full. No, no. Sorry, I think just with like Trent being like arguably the best fullback in the world at the moment, he's just crucial for you. And I think as long as you've got those fullbacks playing in that form, you dominate, and it's it's just impossible to stop. So yeah, not hopeful. Yeah, so, sorry. Go ahead, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, so it would be interesting because we've got the injuries. He's gonna have to rejig it, but. The focus, I mean, everyone's aware of the fact you've got to stop Arnold and Robinson, as we've kind of discussed now. 
maybe even see Daniel James move into right wing back and just put in a shift where you've got Wamba Saka sorted in at right centre back where he's almost playing as an additional right back. And I think you could, I think that would be pretty effective as well. I mean, in the last game against Liverpool, even though he started as like a split striker at Rashford, he spent most of his time chopping back on the right as well. So I think that's something else to watch out for. And then the other dynamic that's worth pointing out is the last two times we've played Liverpool, um, more than two times actually, Klopp's been criticised a few times for his approach against United. has been a bit conservative, but I think this is the first time in a while there's not been anything to lose for Liverpool playing us now. They're so far ahead in the league, so we might see a bit more freedom from them and a, a bit less restraint. So that's the only worry I really have, that that's the main change in dynamic in this game compared to the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it will be... That's a good point, and and when you mention Klopp's conservatism, there it's a funny conversation that because it's it it was essentially that's just his unwillingness to open up against a super defensive side, which is a really interesting conversation in and of itself. I think that this game, I think what Klopp will be looking to replicate is the game at Anfield last season. He will say super high energy, run them off the park. And you'll be absolutely fine because your quality will show through. I think something that I mentioned in the um, fixture earlier this year is I I thought that Klopp would go and do something a little bit mad and a little bit different where he'd play pretty much a 4-2-4 um, because, and whether you agree on this or not, but the, the, the thought from my side is very much Solskjaer's in-game management isn't great. And so if you throw a lot of things at him that he's not expecting... I don't anticipate him solving problems during the game, and Solskjaer, as we saw in the first game, he you know he'll he'll have done his preparation and he will set United up in probably the best formation to play against Liverpool, and he'll give everyone a specific task. I think that if you give him something, if I, I think Liverpool, what they need to do is give Solskjaer problems in the game, change things up in the game, and I think that especially at Anfield, Liverpool are really good at being able to figure football matches out and be reactive to what's in front of them and say, okay, we're, we're going to play 10 minutes like we used to play every game two years ago. And then we're going to do 10 minutes of this and 10 minutes of that. And I think that's how Liverpool need to approach this game. Because I think Ollie will have a solid plan going into the game. I think that's definitely true. His in-game management has been suspect at times this season. He's quite good at getting the team in at half-time and making adjustments in the second half, but you won't see him proactively... If you see if there's something wrong in the 20 minute, first 20 minutes of a game and you know that a change needs to be made, so the best example of this is Lampard with Chelsea away at Arsenal a few days before we played them. And he saw how badly wrong his setup was and within about 30, he made a sub in the first half and completely changed the formation. Chelsea grew into the game and won it. I mean, the same situation occurred with United like three days later and Solskjaer just didn't make any change until half-time and it was too late by then. Yeah. Similar thing happened against City in the A Cup. So we definitely need to be more proactive this Sunday if that happens again. Um, and I don't know if part of that might be because we haven't really got a squad on the bench. We haven't got much flexibility in the team or the squad at the moment. There's just a setup and a way of playing that we can implement and there's little plan B we can really move to because there's not the depth and the ability there yet to do it. Right. Thanks a lot, guys. We're going to wrap it up there for today. Um, Ollie, be well and do good. <laughs> okay.
<laughs> that was weird. That was weird. Do you want a weird one as well, no, Jim? Mate. No. I'll just have a goodbye. <laughs> All right. Cheers, guys. Goodbye, Jim. Thanks for joining. See you later.